0: How are you all doing today? Uh, It's great to be able to just share again this Sunday morning about God's purposes and his powers. And we're uh, looking through the book of Jeremiah. Uh, I'm sure a few are a bit like Anne and I. uh, There are things that you've been enjoying and things that are frankly just driving you absolutely crackers. Uh, We uh, enjoy going out for sunny walks. Enjoy the bird song, the bluebells. Um, we're just amazed at God's creation. And you sort of you kind of take note of it even more than you would normally. And yet, you know, you go online, you try to order some shopping. You've, you think you've got it all sorted. You think you've got that, that slot when it's going to be delivered next Friday at three o'clock. And then you suddenly find out, I don't know. It's, I've lost that. Uh, it's not there at all. Or uh, we had an incident where we, were, we we had our first Chinese takeaway. And uh, after about sort of five weeks, and we ordered it, and it was coming and coming, and we were looking at our watches thinking, when's it going to arrive? And then they ring us, and they said, oh, I'm terribly sorry. You know, something Something's happened. Uh, it's going to be two and a half hours, two and a half hours. We're like, wow yeah and yet you know we we have had some great zoom chats with our all our family all together uh our son and gang kids from australia and a different family all together all in one space chatting together having a bit of a laugh together it, that, that's been fantastic and then there's been some other really sad things that have been hard to kind of deal with uh a, a neighbor up the road uh, her husband was kind of ill in hospital and sadly died earlier this week uh, so there's kind of theres there's some really tragic things and at the same time things that are uh, actually wonderful and lovely times moments together for Anne and I have just been absolutely sea gorgeous um, as I say we're looking at the kind of highs and lows of uh, Jeremiah's career over these next few weeks um, I've got to say mainly, mainly lows. There were a lot of lows for him. Um, He was called upon to give some quite stern words to God's people, particularly to Judah, just before they were led uh, into captivity by foreign power. And um, I think one of the things about it, he was a man who trusted God and believed God, and yet he was hated by his people because of the message that he was giving them. And we're going to hear today about two kind of prophetic actions in Jeremiah 13 and Jeremiah 18 uh, that speak to us or illustrate the relationship between God and his people. Uh, illustrations and metaphors are helpful. Um, they take some sort of complicated concepts and make it kind of visible so we can understand it better. Um, we uh all sorts of people use it. We we had Boris Johnson uh, this week back from uh, hospital, who was describing the virus like a uh, a invisible mugger who we've got to wrestle to the ground, kind of cooperatively. We got to we got to. This is what we've got to do. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a picture that kind of helps us describe something that's quite hard to kind of get your hands on. Uh, Jesus used a lot of kind of metaphors in his parable teaching. He, he mainly, in terms of conveying about the kingdom of God, he used parables to convey those things. Uh, he talks about uh, a A coin and he actually gets a coin. He talks about a a child and how we've got to be like a child when it comes to relating to God. He talks about sowing the seed and they would have known about that. They would have that would have been a daily thing for them, baking bread and uh, about how it rises and the yeast and so on. He's describing he's using figurative ways to describe something about God and his relationship with us there was a prophet in the new testament called agabus and he got hold of um, paul's belt and he bound him on his uh, arms and his legs and he basically said this is what's going to happen to you um the owner of this belt uh when you go to jerusalem um, paul made a decision to go anyway um so as i said we're looking at jeremiah 13 and 18 and um It's about two objects. One is a linen waistband and the other is a clay pot that's on the potter's wheel. And I'm calling it staying close and malleable. So reading from. Jeremiah 13, verse one. The Lord said to me, go and buy yourself a linen waistband and put it around your waist but do not put it in water. So I bought the waistband in accordance with the word of the Lord and put it around my waist. And then the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, Take the waistband that you have bought, which is around your waist, and arise, go to the Euphrates, and hide it there in a crevice of the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord had commanded me. After many days, the Lord said to me, Arise. Go to the Euphrates and take from there the waistband, which I commanded you to hide there. And then I went to the Euphrates and dug and I took the waistband from the place where it hid it. And lo, the waistband was ruined. It was totally worthless. And then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Thus says the Lord, Just so will I destroy the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. This wicked people who refused to listen to my words who walk in the stubbornness of their hearts and have gone after other gods to serve them and to bow down to them. Let them be just like this waistband, which is totally worthless. For as the waistband clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole household of Israel and the whole household of Judah to cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people for renown. For praise and for glory, but they did not listen. The waistband made of linen is a bit different than a belt. It was wrapped around uh, a man's waist and his undergarment, more like a girdle or a sort of tight vest, okay, Uh, right next to his skin. As God said In this scripture, he's designed the whole household of Israel and Judah to cling to him in exactly the same way. We are God's household of the new covenant. And God created us to cling to Christ in just the same way. Not from a distance, but right close up. Jesus in John 15 uses a similar expression of saying, it's really important that you abide in me. You abide in the vine and the branches are going to abide. And that's how you're going to bear fruit by really abiding, being really sticking close. It's a similar kind of phrase. Paul, later on in the epistles, uh, talks about holding fast the word of life to Timothy, he says, Fight the good fight of faith and take hold of eternal life. The writer of the Hebrews tells us to hold fast our confession and confidence right firm to the end. I want to say to us as a church, it's not a time to be kind of casual and sidetracked. We need to be actively seeking to cling to God, to wrap around him, holding his truth. Just like a lifeline, Jeremiah buys this waistband. He makes sure that it's not contaminated with water, so it hasn't. It's absolutely brand spanking new. Uh, and he puts it on, and then later God tells him to put it in this crevice uh, near the uh, in the land of the Euphrates. We know that kind of mighty river is probably quite waterlogged and soaked okay and he comes back many days later it says and it, it is it's not fit for purpose it's completely rotted it's gone moldy God says it is totally worthless I was um <clears throat> I'm sure like you kind of doing some of those chores that you uh, don't normally do and we were uh, I was cleaning on top of our fridge and I put a A kind of a a, a wicker basket up there, and put some kind of bread loaves, some of these kind of ones that you kind of part bake in the oven. I thought, oh, let's have some, and let's have some soup today. Let's have some homemade soup, and let's use some of these wonderful rolls that I found. So um, I was just about to kind of, of, I was getting very excited about it, and then I looked at them, and then I also looked at the the date on it, and kind of realized that actually they were left over from Christmas. Uh, they had gone completely moldy and rotted and they were absolutely rank Uh, and they went straight in the bin. Uh, And, you know, that was, it's a bit like what happened to this waistband. Um, God uses all sorts of kind of illustrations to speak um, about uh, to his people. Um, What does he say that this kind of moldy waistband was like? Um, He's saying it's, it's like the way that That they were then. They'd they'd done three things. They had stopped listening. They'd become stubborn in their hearts. And they had gone after other gods. And then right at the end of that verse 11. uh, There's this wonderful part about him saying. But actually they were designed to cling to me. And they were designed to be a people of renown. And praise. And glory to God. That's exactly God wants for us to be a people of renown, of praise and glory to God. Amen. We, too, have this kind of mission over us to be a people of good report above reproach, bringing glory to God. The good news that is in Christ is that he promised never to let us go. Once we've given our heart to him. The grace of God is at work in us, on the inside, holding us, clinging on to us. He's clinging on to us. And even in the most difficult of circumstances, we won't slip. We were created to be close to Christ. But we also need to know that actually he, it's not just that we've got a grip onto him. But he is gripping onto us. John 10, he talks about his sheep and he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one, nothing will snatch us out of his hand. The New Testament takes this closeness to God one step further than it was for Jeremiah. And he's saying, we're not just like a waistband that's kind of tied around God, close to God. But actually, the spirit of the living God, when we come to know him, is living within us. Romans 8. Paul says, but if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. When we come to Christ, when we give our lives to Christ, he says, I'm actually going to come and my spirit is going to dwell with you. I'm going to not only cling on on the outside, but I'm going to cling on on the inside. Isn't that wonderful news? Let's move on. Jeremiah 18, he gives this other illustration of the potter's house. And um, uh, God tells him to go down and see the potter's house. And he goes down and he sees the potter there working on his wheel. And he has this, uh, this vessel, this clay vessel that he's kind of working on, this clay pot. Um, and he says this. Uh, this is uh, chapter 18, verse 1. Sorry, verse 3. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he made it into another vessel, as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does? Declares the Lord, Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Here, God is describing the relationship between him and his people as the potter and the clay we are the clay he is the potter and it is God who is fashioning us the good news is that he doesn't freak out when the pot gets affected maybe maybe the i don't know maybe the lip Kind of came in and it kind of he's making this thing on the on the wheel and then it, it kind of something happens to it. He picks it up again and he refashions it. And it says, I love this phrase, verse four, as it pleased the potter to make. As it pleased the potter to make. And it's it's God is the one who's in charge. God is the one who has us in his hands like a pot and it's about his pleasure, about what he's doing in your life and in my life. Our life, when we've given our lives to Jesus Christ, our life is not our own. You've given yourself into his hands. Maybe you find yourself right now freaking out a bit about what is going to happen to my pension. No, really, i <laughs> I am, I am quite worried about what is going to happen to my pension. Uh, or maybe uh, you've got exams that have been cancelled. Um, maybe you're a teenager and you're thinking, what is going to happen? How, how am I going to get to university? What's going to happen with all these things? Maybe you are at university and you're thinking, how's this going to affect my degree? How's this going to affect my future job prospects? What, what is going to happen tomorrow? What about money? Maybe you're worried about your health, or maybe your parents' health, or a friend's health. There's a lot that's going on. Well, we need to remember this. He's the potter, we're the clay. He's not phased by a change in circumstances, he's not surprised. By what's what we're facing, which is everything seems to be turned upside down. He's not faced by it at all. He just turns things to his own pleasure. I just I'm really saying this, and I'm speaking to me as much as to you. You know, we need to know that he's got a hold of your life. He's been in charge all your life. He is well able, just like that Potter and pot. To just refashion it and to kind of, to make it really great. He's not thinking, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now? He's thinking, that's okay, I just need to tweak it a bit. Our job is to stay malleable. That means kind of soft, like soft clay. That's our job. Stay soft in your heart. Allow God. He is totally in charge. We are completely in his hands. My cry for 2020 is, thank God that you're the potter and I'm the clay. Have you got a right view of yourself? The image of the potter and the clay. Make no bones about it. We are the clay. um, And God is able to make anything, anything happen. Isaiah makes a similar comment. In Isaiah 64, and he says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And all of us are the work of your hand. I was recently making a a chicken and ham pie. The pastry was on top. I had to stretch it in order to fit over the pot that I was going to put in the oven. Then it developed a hole and I had to actually take it off, uh, re-roll it, uh, sprinkle some flour on it and put it back on top of the chicken and pie, the chicken pie part. It wasn't a problem for me. I was in control of it. I wasn't freaking out. It was just a wee hole that I was just fixing. And God's like that about all the nations. Do not think I've got everything in control. Do not think that I'm actually in charge of everything and I can well handle what's going on. So let's finish with this. Don't get worried and anxious about your future. Know that God is well able. He is able like the potter or the clay or the the cook and the pastry. He's well able to work it all out. But, uh, beloved, when we're faced um, at a time like this, I can think of nothing better than bowing the knee and saying, God, I'm in your hands. I've given my life over to your hands. You are in charge of my life. I can do no other. If you don't know God right now, if you have never done that, if you've never asked him to come, Into your life, I'm saying you can do that right now. You can ask Him to come into your life and to uh, to change you on the inside. You can call out and say, God, right now, I just need Your help, and it's just as simple as that. Jesus, I need Your help. It can be as short as that. What you're doing is expressing, I'm the clay. You're the potter, I'm giving my life over to you. And I can assure you, just as I did that 47 years ago as a teenager, that he is well able to look after every step of your life, every step of the way. Trust him.